0: and it's uh, it's about a female rabbit who um solves detective um mysteries oh that's awesome that yeah and it, it, i want it to anyway i don't know why i'm selling the podcast to you stop it right i'm gonna stop doing that <laughs> it's because you want to do it you know you want to do it it's the, the bit of me that like I, I want to do a doodle and i want to see it on someone's fridge <laughs>
1: Rate sleeping your way to the top, but like
2: not in a creepy way?
0: Hello again, Brendan Hutchins from the Podcast Advocate Network. It's hey. it's oh. weird. It's, it's, it's sorry, but I, I've got. To, I've just got to say this, and then you can say hi to me. <laughs> yeah. But it's it's weird considering this is a bingeable series, and then you know someone has probably just finished listening to the previous episode, and then probably. we went away, and now we're back again. But hi, Brendan Hutchins.
2: <laughs> hi, my Sedman. And hi, Drew Ackerman from the Sleep With Me podcast. Thanks for joining us.
1: Hey, thank you both for uh, having me on. Hopefully, uh, I
0: I like being in the middle of a binge. Like, uh, it's a fun place to be. Perfect. Absolutely. (laughs) Um, So, you were telling us before we uh, hit record that you had something of a disaster.
1: Yeah. So, like, uh, I don't know if you guys can relate to this or anybody else listening, but uh, usually for me, I usually have a production level disaster. Once a year and yesterday was the day. Uh, oh no. And it was, uh, for my show, the episodes kind of tend to be pretty, our production kind of is spread out, but I had a time sensitive episode that I recorded yesterday and I was hoping to have it edited today so I could get it out like as soon as possible. And, uh, Mm -hmm. the recording went good. And actually in the ultimate irony, I even like 80% through the episode. I saw the batteries were low, and I'm like, okay, let me stop. I I record to a recorder. So I'm like, let me stop just in case the recorder dies. I want to make sure I have all this. Started recording again, finished recording, and it was uh, later in the evening. So then I was like, okay, let me upload the files. So they're backed up, and the editor has them. And then I was farting around, and then I was like, just sending an email to the editor. And then I was like, oh, let me just poke in there. Uh, and see, I wanted to double check something on one of the files, and uh, the SD card had gone corrupt at, at some point oh, no. between recording and. Uh, and I was like, "You got to be kidding me!" And it was corrupt so fast uh, that my backup didn't work. Uh, it, oh no! And so that I was trying, to, I, then it was like uh, kind of funny because I tried. I was like, "Okay, let me try to recover the card," and I was really irritated. And now it's like 10, 11 o'clock at night, and I'm running this recovery thing. Oh, and the man. file names change, so I'm listening to all these WAV files, and the SD card crashes like every four minutes. And I didn't realize until this morning that I probably spent more time trying to recover the file than re-record the episode. <laughs> uh, yes. And then this morning, uh, this morning, I'm like, wait a second, like it'll only take me like an hour and a half to re-record. Uh, why don't you just do that? Like, it, it, Which I don't normally like to do, but... I was like, oh well, yeah, and I, I so right now I feel so good because I just re-recorded it and uploaded it like within the last hour and a half, and I'm like, okay, uh, it, it actually might have turned out for the best. Uh, who knows? Or, or it's you know, but those usually just happen once a year. So I think I got that out for 2019, hopefully.
0: <laughs> Yes, you've exorcised those demons. <laughs> nice. Um so for anyone uh, who doesn't know that the you you sort of you help people um fall asleep and give them a, a sort of a, a nice comforting um you know sense of someone's there with you um you know if you perhaps if you, if you're feeling lonely or whatever or you need something that just you don't have to 100% engage with but sort of is there as a nice as a nice presence. Um when do you when do you typically record? So I usually record in the daytime kind of depending
1: on how much procrastination I do <laughs> like uh, mm-hmm. like with the recording uh, like I, re- I actually record my shows over a two-day period or two recordings like cuz I have a long intro mm. so I'll do like the intro and the housekeeping one day And then the episode portion the next day. Ah. Um, But yeah, usually I record... In in a perfect world, I would record at 11 o'clock. I I don't know why that is. I think just to get it out of the way so that I'm not worrying about it. Uh, But usually I, I tend to be like, well... I'm, I'm not feeling quite uh, ready to record. I'm feeling a little nervous or so that I'll just keep pushing it off until it, uh, the deadline crunch really emotionally kicks in. And then I'm like, okay, let's get this recorded.
0: Yeah, the The, the reason I ask is, is obviously uh, you speak with a... a degree of, um, or a higher degree of energy, uh, <laughs> right, right. when you were just talking as a person, um, than you do on the show. And I, I wondered like how you get into that space. Cause mm-hmm. if you're getting ready to tuck yourself in at night, then it's, oh, it's quite easy to just, you know, <laughs> settle into that. But like, if, if it's 11 in the morning and you, you know, you, I don't know, you, you're ready for your next coffee or whatever, that must, that must feel very different.
1: Yeah. It's, it's taken some time, but I guess like slowly, I don't know if it's muscle memory or what, like, but when now I, when I get down to record, I guess sometimes I still am stressed or, or or anxious. I just do try to remember that tropey thing of like, okay, I'm just here to help this one person who's listening. I don't have like always a specific person in mind, but almost, I, I'm almost like go deeper than I'm like, I'm, th- these people's. they're in bed, whoever's listening and it's their ears. I mean, we're right up against their ears. So I always try to like, I don't know, that really just helps me kind of calm down and and take things like with a little bit more of a delicate hand, I guess.
2: So like when you're recording, you're often thinking directly about the person that's listening. Well, I mean, I guess you're you're mostly monologuing, right? So you're you're talking to the ether. Yeah. So I guess it would make sense that you're you're picturing that you're talking to somebody on the other side. I'm typically I don't typically do uh, monologue podcasts at least anymore, and so I'm always thinking about the person I'm talking to and less of the audience.
1: Yeah, I think it's like interesting. Like I remember reading this uh, article in The New Yorker uh, that I'll definitely misquote or misparaphrase about the way a short order cook's brain works and mm. all of the different things that are firing in a short order cook's brain and how like long it, that takes to be able to keep all these orders in different places and i think for me my huh. like uh I, ha- I have a different thing where it's like yeah i'm trying to think of the person listening and then i'm trying to be open to like a lot of times on my show i have a lot of internal dialogue that i'm publicly putting out there so i will have conversations with myself so i'm trying to listen i guess in a, a little bit different way than yeah conversational podcasts like this but still kind of listening to whatever other parts of my subconscious are firing and saying, hey, look at me, give me some attention over here. And I say, oh, did did you have something to add to the podcast? Uh, (laughs) And Kind of seeing where it goes. And that also tends to be Usually, at least my thinking is pretty circuitous and uh, it could go on pointless meanders. So it works for the
0: podcast. I wish I had an excuse. <laughs> I wish I, I wish, you know, I, I, I said that my the points of my monologue pad, uh, podcasts were just to yeah to give people some noise that they can just <laughs> enjoy in their ears and rather than actually have to make a point because I, I do that <laughs> so often. I, I especially enjoyed, uh, I think it was the most recent episode, your conversation with a bird. And you kept sort of interrupting yourself as the persona of the bird, and just like, oh yeah, yeah, you like you like to listen to these kinds of podcasts, yeah, yeah, no, I know, really into it, and it was just, it was, I could just imagine myself actually at night, just, oh yeah, this is quite, this is quite nice, and I'm I'm seeing a little bird image, you know, as as, as I'm drifting off to sleep, it's lovely. Yeah, that's a, I guess it's a good summary.
1: It's like my goal with my podcast is to almost reach the level of. Yeah, hey, this isn't bad. Like, uh, like we're so, it's not half bad. Like, like, uh, so, so I'm really shooting for the stars. Uh, just say, well, I, I could, I could take it or leave it. Like, uh, they say exactly. I've nailed it. Oh I've gosh. got it. I'm going
0: for a solid C. Yeah. <laughs> maybe, oh. maybe one day I'll push for a B plus. Um. So like what is your um what is your production workflow then? I I am um, and um, I imagine it's changed a lot since when you first started. Yeah, it took me
1: like when you think about podcasting and this idea that it instantly happens for people and that like it took me about 150 episodes to kind of slowly just have the foundation of kind of the show I make now. But yeah, it's a lot of pre-production, so depending on the style of the episode I'm making, it might be like writing an episode. It could be taking notes or just kind of collecting ideas. Uh, So there's a lot of pre-production. Then there's the recording. Uh, Then there's a round of editing that I have a couple editors do. Then I'll give it another listen and maybe make some editing or do the final mix. Uh, Then in the perfect world, I'll listen again like at the release one uh, before it goes out or like I put it out on my Patreon. And then that's actually been a huge thing over the past couple of years to say uh, it's almost like a, a focus group. Like the patrons get the episode early and they can listen and then they can give me feedback. And then actually before the final episode comes out, I can still make make changes uh, or just be like, okay, like, I don't know. You, listener feedback's always good. Like, cause it's like, oh, mm. I didn't even realize that, that you would hear it that way.
2: Yeah. It's been kind of a theme of this, uh, of this little mini series so far is that we, we're all recognizing how much listener feedback is really important.
1: Yeah. And it's a hard to, it's not a natural thing uh, it was a natural thing for me to be able to accept or, or even work with. I, I mean, I've been, you know, you're always taught like, oh, constructive criticism or oh, this, mm-hmm. uh, but it really is something. At least for me, that's taken me years to kind of grow into. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, it wasn't like I was resistant at first. I was desperate, like when I first started the show to hear from anybody, like, mm-hmm. like I could, like, oh, come on, please send me an email, come on, <laughs> and and uh, but, but it's like almost like, oh, what do you like? it's this weird kind of porousness because you, you can let a lot of it in and you have to let a lot of it impact the show or impact you as a person, but you can't necessarily, even if you let all of it in, you can't keep all of it in because some of the stuff is just... Uh, you know, some people are just cranky, I guess would be the nice way to say it. <laughs> that is very
2: true, especially on Twitter.
0: Yeah. So what kind of feedback do you get? Uh, you know, what what kind of conversations uh, are you having with, with listeners? You know, um, I get it all. Like,
1: And it really helps fuel the show. I mean, and it's weird that it's this kind of strange countercultural narrative in some sense. Like hmm. the majority of the feedback I get is people simply saying, hey, like this is what, what I was going through. This is the impact your show had on me and it allowed me to sleep while I was dealing with these funeral plans or while I was in the hospital or I've had this lifetime issue. And then they just say thank you or or they might comment on something and and we'll have like a nice conversation about it. But that's like so different than what's out there in the internet in general. And it's just something that really helps ground me of like, okay, It, it does help me keep making the show and as we kind of think about burnout yeah. it also has helped me grow as a person and be like well where do my boundaries land and what's a, what's a, what's something i'm dedicated to doing versus unhealthily feeling obligated or something it's funny you bring up boundaries
0: cuz I, I wonder in um and obviously you know y- your show is edited so so this helps but in a in a, a monologue show where you really can wonder do you have to sort of self Edit and self censor, the things that because I, I often find I, I I will stray into I I have a certain brand of um sometimes over the top oversharing honesty yeah uh, and I like it, it, are you ever in danger of that are, are you ever sort of think you know going down a road and thinking oh I'm not sure I want to share this yeah I mean like
1: uh. I mean, I try to be authentic and I think like the stuff that works about mm-hmm. the podcast is like these real human journeys or, or like just stuff I'm neurotic about, like talking to birds or, you know, what, like, well, what, what do I do? Am I going to be a good, if I had a bird as a pet, would the pet live? Like that kind of stuff like is good, but it's also, it's like, oh, well, maybe not would the bird live? Oh, you know, it yeah. so sometimes it's like seeing it coming ahead, like almost like monitoring my thoughts as I'm. Dialoguing it. And sometimes I'll miss it and I'll say, I'll stop and I'll say, okay, let's try to rephrase that and we'll do an edit there. Uh, But a lot of times it is just a learn. It's like, okay, what am I on the lookout for? And then it goes back to that listener feedback. And also, like, sometimes it's out of your control. Like, our subconscious is not in our control. So if I'm really stressed about something, it'll inevitably leak Mm -hmm. out in the show and inevitably Mm -hmm. it'll like be that sympathetic vibration and maybe not a lot of listeners will pick up on it, but I'll get an email about it and be like, hey, like I noticed you were talking about this character was going on a monologue about money and, and it was just a little bit intense, you know, and I'm dealing with something like that. And it, it it can give me a chance to kind of reflect and be like, oh, you know, I was really stressed about money that week. And then it's another thing to kind of look out for uh and be like Oh, am I, have thoughts about money coming. Like, how am I going to drive the car? Like kind of like mm-hmm. all these people in the Arctic freeze right now, driving in snow. It's like right. my car, my car kind of skids 90% of the time. It's just skidding it in the right direction and not
2: <laughs> crashing into the tree. I've heard you, I've heard you say on other podcasts and during interviews that, um, you, you take that listener feedback a lot and you, um, you try to keep it in mind so that you're not triggering to people and that you're um, you're being really conscious of, of what your listeners are going to be hearing and how that might affect them because it's going to be something that they're listening to as they're sleeping and and in a vulnerable spot. I, I, when I think about that, like on, on one hand, I think um, in this climate right now, you know, like uh, monitoring what you say is, is incredibly important and trying to be Compassionate and kind to everybody around you, but also uh, c- considering the topic of burnout, how much does that lead to stress on you while you're while you're monologuing and thinking about the show and preparing? Um, yeah, during that process, uh,
1: that's a great question. Like, in uh, I think it's like an open-ended question that yeah. is like for me. Uh, it has been this lesson, because I also tend to be not a super optimistic person and somewhat cynical (laughs) person. And the podcast has constantly humbled that part of me and and been like, Mm. so so with the kind of idea of like, okay, my goal is to make this podcast and help the people that are listening that it works for fall asleep or to be there for them. And... I do tell myself, okay, you don't have to be perfect. The podcast doesn't have to be perfect. But of course, there's this part of me that doesn't believe that and doesn't believe that things are going to be okay. So it's like, there's a part of me that's like, dude, next time you screw up, like, uh, you know, (laughs) and talk about money, that's it. Like, podcast over. Oh, yeah. Uh, But I have to kind of remind myself that people are a lot more generous than that. And I found the listeners are more generous than that. And and that Hmm. it's like, oh, you can fall and then someone will let you know it's also like reading feedback. It's like, oh, maybe this person isn't attacking me. Because like, a lot of times it is my first reaction. It's like, oh man, I talked about money. Now they hate me. Now they hate the podcast. <laughs> now I screwed mm-hmm. their life up. Mm-hmm. I, I had this pact with them. I screwed that up. I'm a terrible person. Instead of being like, okay, let's l- like let's come back to this in a couple hours. And then be like, oh no, this person said, hey, this they're just talking about their feelings. And Uh, they're actually courageous for sharing that with me. And then it's like, oh, can I keep that in mind? So, it's kind of hard to be like, let me keep that listener in mind or let me keep these other people that I encounter at the grocery store or on the internet, their feelings in mind, but also be like, I'm not perfect and I can't predict everything and I can't be perfect and that's okay too. I I I mean, like, it's weird that the podcast has really helped me grow up as a human being because I wouldn't have learned that any other way. I could have avoided, in some sense, those lessons. And the podcast puts it right there. It's like, well, you could either deal with this or it's going to cause you even more burnout like uh, and more stress and more anxiety. Uh, So it's like you could feel these hard emotions or you could crash into them. Absolutely. You you started this in twenty
0: thirteen. Yes, yeah, I, tw- I started in twenty thirteen at the end of the year, towards the end of the year. Okay, so th- there wasn't a you know you weren't always, I guess, part of the um, uh, the the network that you are part of uh, the, the Welcome Tonight uh, the Night Vale Presents network. There must have been a time when it was sort of just you in your room um, doing the show. Yes, what is the thing that made you able to persist? And keep doing it.
1: Well, this is where it's like uh, the the head balance, the hands of balance. I think like Mm. part of it is like, like uh, I'm very stubborn and (laughs) like I think sometimes like, yeah, it cuts both ways. Like, Mm -hmm. but a lot of times like it's like, oh, like when I started the show in 2013, I had had the idea for years and I kept putting it off because I was like, this is a silly idea. You don't make podcasts like you enjoy listening to them. You're going to ruin it. Like even though I what I loved about podcasts was there was podcasts about everything. It's like, well, oh, but I can't make a podcast. Well, what what would the podcast be? Well, kind of goofy bedtime stories to keep people company and put them to sleep. (laughs) No, no, we're not gonna do that. No, that's a bad idea. So I kept doing that for years. And so when I finally got myself to make it, I knew I had I was a person full of unrealistic expectations of disaster. And also, like almost everybody that starts a podcast, unrealistic expectations. That it's instantly going to go well, and and I don't think there's anything Mm -hmm. wrong with that. Like it's just it's just a thing that humans do a lot of times. And so, I was like, how am I going to deal with these these extreme parts of me? And I had done a lot of reading about podcasts and and you know whatever listening to podcasts about podcasts, and I had learned that most people quit their show like after the first episode, after the second episode, these are made up statistics kind of from my memory, but Mm -hmm. after like the seventh or the eighth, after the 21st and after the 50th. Yeah. So I said to myself and the competitive part of me, (laughs) I said, okay, we're going to make two episodes. We're going to make nine episodes. We're going to make 22 (laughs) episodes. (laughs) We're going to make 51. And at at any Mm -hmm. of those points I'll quit like, like, and I won't feel bad about it. Um, but nice. but making it past those points just felt to me like something that was 100% in my control. Because as you learned with podcasting, a lot of it's not. And it was stuff that was achievable. And then I had a broader goal to kind of make the show for two years and just say, can I make this for two years? Am I, can I follow through on something uh, for two years, even if it's uh, like an uncertain thing that I'm just making and kind of seeing how it goes? And it, and it was like a big experiment, Um but yeah, I think the stubbornness to kind of stick to that, uh, and then after two years, I didn't have those micro goals, and that kind of caused me a lot of stress and anxiety, ironically enough. Uh, but yeah, like the stubbornness to get there. Um, but also, I mean, I had a personal connection to the show. I, I struggle with sleep. I couldn't sleep last night, so like it's very fresh with me, uh, and I can re- so I can relate to the people that are listening, and even when it was like five listeners, like, uh, and I didn't have any feedback. I'd never heard from anybody. You know, I was kind of imagining at that point, like it was a little cognitive dissonance, but it's like, Oh, if they're like me, when I was a kid and I couldn't sleep, I would turn on the radio. It wouldn't put me to sleep, Mm -hmm. but it made me, it it pulled me away from all the misery within my head. Uh, Mm I was like, like, especially at those points where I was like, it's okay to quit. I would sit down with my internal critic and suddenly this dragon, That was constantly harassing me was like, well, should we quit the podcast? Oh no, I guess not. It's going pretty good, and I'm like, "Where are you telling me that I'm the, like the worst podcaster yesterday? Like this podcast <laughs> sucks." Oh yeah, but I, no, I don't think we should quit. I, I, you know, it's let's keep going. And it's like oh, gosh
0: so it's 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 like the dragon wants more fuel. It's like you know, it 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 wants to find more ways to be fed for you to to miss you know, to to underestimate yourself. Right. Like the 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 dragon really wants you to to underestimate yourself so that he can point at you and go, "Ah, you see, you were right." yeah <laughs> Um, so it's been going, it's been going for a, a long time. How are you? Um, like I was going to like the, the cliche question is like, how do you keep it fresh or whatever? But yeah, but how do you, the flip side of that, how do you keep from being bored or thinking, you know, I'm going to have to tell the same story I told three weeks ago. I mean, I think for me,
1: that's like, uh, the health monitor of the podcast is exactly that. Like, hmm. I feel like if I get bored, uh, I won't be I mean, I could push through it for a little while. Uh mm-hmm. and and sometimes, you know, you have seasonal boredom or, or like not burnout, but like where you're, you know, you, the podcast just can feel different ways at different times or it gets hard. Yes. For sure. Um, so it's kind of like, oh, can I push through that? Or uh is there something on the other side? And the other thing is I don't take a lot of breaks from the show because people are relying on it to fall asleep, but I'll try to take a couple weeks off and build up enough extra episodes and stuff and thus far anytime I've taken a week off of recording and writing and even when the stuff I hate about making the podcast I do start to miss it, mm-hmm. it and so far that's always been true and then when I sit down to record or write at the stuff that you know when it's like oh I don't want to do this or oh this is I'm not good at this I notice I miss it and then it feels good again. And then I'm like, okay, like I like making this podcast. Like, awesome. uh, So I think for me, um, if it starts to feel like a chore, then I I have to say, okay, is this something personal that's creeping into the podcast or is this the podcast's health? I mean, the good thing is, I mean, we're, we're seeing it with song exploder kind of, I mean, I don't know any of the back mm-hmm. backstory of that, but these shows kind of changing hosts that, and, and, and changing up their formats and stuff. It's like, okay, like, maybe I could trust my listeners more, maybe two or three years from now, like I turn it over to somebody else or I hire writers to write the episodes or, you know, I give more voices, voice on the podcast. Like maybe my listeners would be open to that down the road. Like, uh, so it is kind of staying we're in this industry or we're making this art and that's like, there isn't a wrong way to do it. Like, I mean, there is a wrong way to connect with your listener expectations sometimes, but uh, that trusting that there is this freedom there and there is a freedom to change or make mistakes. Uh, But yeah, as long as I keep liking the show and it feels like Mm -hmm. a challenge, but a challenge I enjoy uh, thus far, I haven't my my crazy lists of ideas haven't
0: haven't uh, petered out. Well, that's good. Well, um, as you were talking there, I was thinking like I, I, I don't want to give anyone else ideas to steal intellectual property. But I, <laughs> the idea of doing like being able to franchise out the sleep with me model because you you know you're talking about adding other voices seems like that'd be a really fun thing to do so be able to to bring on other voices you still keep doing your show because god forbid anyone change anything on the internet yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um but you know you can add stuff and then that and that's fine um but you know you you could have you can have all sorts of like for example i like the headspace app uh-huh. Um and I, I wouldn't use something like calm because I would be not distracted, but I would be too aware that it's an American accent, for example. Um, whereas because it's just some guy from like Luton or something in, 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 in headspace, he's, he just sounds like a dude, um, to me, you know what I mean? He's just like, all right, now it's time to just sit down and do, do the thing. And right. Here you go. No bit of breathing. And he just kind of sounds normal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Your buddy Andy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, it's uh, like, I, I yeah, I, I could think that there's all sorts of voices that um, people might enjoy. I mean, y- you could get into a dangerous like ASMR kind of territory at some point. But yeah, I don't know. It's um, that could be a fun thing
1: to do. Yeah. I mean, I do have a dream of like one day having the show in other languages with other voices. Ooh, oh, yeah. Like, that's like my deepest like dream. And it's just a matter of like. Oh, I think it's just every, every year I'm like, okay, maybe this is the year that it looks like mm-hmm. the people involved could get paid. I mean, that's like one of my other things mm-hmm. is like, that's oh, if thing, I yeah. rope people yeah. into this, I want them to be compensated. Like, oh, if someone's going to translate this and rewrite it, I want it to be paid. And if there's going to be a voice, I want them to be paid. So, then, again, it's my stubbornness coming back. But but it's like, okay, when when is that Tipping point. When do we reach that tipping point, or is it a Mm -hmm. jumping point where it's like, you know what? Just and that's something I struggle with. And I was like, oh, just take the plunge, man. Just do ten episodes and and then worry about it. So yeah, it's but it it is a dream uh, to hear it in other languages. And just as we think about podcasting, like how how are we going to, like, what is the onus on me to keep growing it and and to kind of push the boundaries of my show?
2: That that really gives me. Uh, a thought or a question is how much does financial compensation uh, counteract the possibility of feeling burnout or overwhelm or fatigue from doing a project?
1: Ooh, I, I think that is definitely a chicken or the egg question. If, mm. Like when it's your own show uh, mm-hmm. like I found that in the first th- even three as I did my show over two years, when I said, "Is this show ever like w- could it be financially sustainable? Could I do it as a job?" And I like kind of consume the podcast noise on the internet, and then kind of used it as a barometer to kind of self shame and be like, "Well, whatever, like <laughs> you're not going to get there." Um, it, it did. It, it did create an anxiety that probably wasn't needed and probably wasn't good for the show. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think it's hard mm-hmm. not to do. It's like if you're working. 40 hours a week, and then you're working on a podcast another more than 40 hours a week. You do have to, at some point, well, one of the empowering things, I guess, is like coming up with instead of a money budget, a time budget, and actually knowing how much time you're spending on the production of the show and the, yeah. like everything from start to finish, and then say, oh, like, what if, like, what if, like, that 40 of those hours were, well, how much would that cost? Like, what are the, Oh, what if, and then what if those other 60 or 70, like whatever those hours were funded, like, and then just starting to break up these little budgets from there. Um, I mean, I think if you're involving someone else from the outside that isn't the creator, uh, like, then it's like, what what is in it for them? Um, it, so yeah, it's hard because it's like, once you think about how much time you're working on your show uh, and then worrying about being compensated, it is something I think that can it, it, it just makes it a little bit harder. Um, but it's also like, as you do a show, and if you're putting a lot of time into it, it does help you kind of say, well, how, is there a way to cut back on time? Do I need to make choices and, and, and make a little bit more informed decisions?
2: Yeah, that makes sense. Absolutely. Or are,
1: are you just doing it for art? Like, it's like, I, I yes. mean, that's the thing yeah. for me. Or are you just doing it because you're like, like people put, you're putting something beautiful in the world. Or even if it's, I mean, early podcasts I listen to is just people talking about their hobbies. It's like, mm-hmm. to me, that was beautiful. Mm-hmm. Like it, it, listening to them joyfully talk about uh, Smurf dolls or something. It's like, oh, mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't know why I like this, but I do. Like, uh, So it's like putting something good out in, its, in the world. Uh, it's infectious to hear people's
2: enthusiasm.
0: Yes, yeah, yeah for sure. This podcast is very, very bad for me. This, this specific series, because it keeps inspiring me to, to do things. <laughs> and I'm trying to counteract burnout. Um, the, the, as, as Brendan knows, um, I'm in the process of writing a kid's book and I'm having fun doing it, but it's, it's a slog to get to write it. Um, and, you know, it's, it's, I, I did a, I, I maybe did fifty words today, um, and it's it's you know I want I want to write it, and I want to have written, that and I enjoy my time in the world. And so now, of course, I I, I thought for the longest time like this is uh, this is not going to touch the internet until it's ready. This is just this is going to be a book in whatever form. And the more I'm starting to think about it, I, I'm thinking. I like the idea of having something accountable every week mm. or, or every two weeks or whatever that's like actually pushes me to write it because I've got to get something out. Um, but also, uh, you know, the, from, from what you were saying, just, I don't know, something resonated there in, in, in what you were saying and about, about sharing something and about the purity of art. And I think we talked about something similar, uh, with Dan Meisner last week. Um, that the, that, that sort of the purity of just, wanting to express your your piece of art for not really any other reason because like the only reason i wanted to go and get it published is because i wanted to know that it was good enough um not because i wanted to make book money because <laughs> how how would that happen <laughs> yeah that doesn't this doesn't happen anymore
1: well i mean i i totally think like you're uh, like you're on the like for me like deadlines have become something magical as part of the creative process <laughs> and they have this power. Yeah. I mean, it's a, it's like an anvil level power of being dropped on your head, but <laughs> like, uh, it, it is like powerful how it can stimulate creativity. Um, and, uh, yeah, get you to put something out in the world or get you to put something different
0: or tangentially related out there and, uh, it gets stirs on the other stuff. Absolutely. So that's yet another thing I can think about. Am I actually going to do this? Um, what are the bits you you mentioned this earlier? Um, what are the bits that you like don't like uh, about having to make the show? I mean, you just said what like. I mean, the
1: writing I like mm. uh, most of the time, but also sometimes, like some days, it's like like you said, it's like if I'm timing myself, if it's like, I'm not focused, it's like, okay, let me set a timer because mm-hmm. I got to get some of this done or I got to feel like I accomplished something. That's it. So it's just like some days mm-hmm. are feel like you're, uh, are not pleasant. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's like tr- trying to put that time in, um, I, but then I like it sometimes Like it's like it's then it can be fun when you're like whoa this character just made this choice independently yes. of me somehow uh, you're like holy crap are you talking back to me I thought I
0: invented you like, <laughs> yeah. uh, when they when they take an action and you're like you're surprised by the action they took it's incredible
1: yeah I remember I set, sent this comic book writer uh, uh, he was like oh I met him somewhere he's like oh if you ever have any questions like s- send it to me and I was writing something for the podcast and I had this lead character and I thought she was gonna lead this series, even though it's a bedtime story, but that she was going to be the central figure. And she ended up choosing, she said, no, thank you. Like each episode, she said, nah, like uh, these other characters will take the lead. And I sent him an email. I'm like, what should I do? How can I force her? And he goes, he goes, dude, I write comic books for other people's characters uh, and I've done it for 40 years. He goes, this is a luxury problem. Like uh, he goes, you're very lucky. And I was like, oh, okay. Thank you.
2: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> refusal of the call
0: yeah. yeah 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 exactly like how many times at some point you actually do have to take up the call to adventure <laughs> you can't just keep refusing right the call.
2: so we talked before about the the origin of, of the podcast and the goals that you set for yourself and um i'm wondering if before you had started the podcast when you were thinking about that um uh two nine 52 or 51 episode goal what did you think about in terms of how to prepare yourself so that you weren't going to overwhelm yourself with how much work it would be and, and also was the amount of work that it ended up being what you expected it to be before you had started
1: um Let's see. Like, so anybody listening, maybe, maybe you, you want to skip this, like, a, like, a, <laughs> <laughs> but it, I mean, the podcast has definitely, I don't know, I guess it hasn't been always more work than I anticipated, but I guess it's different work always than you anticipate. And I think that always changes. Okay. So when I, I had no idea what I was getting myself into. I just knew I liked listening to podcasts and I knew also I had a history of like writing projects that I didn't follow through on, yeah, and so like when I started the podcast, it was after a couple failed writing things, like one a collaborative one and one a one I was working on my own, and the biggest looming failure internally for me was like this kid part of me that was like, you just keep letting me down, like are you gonna start this podcast, and then you know you're not gonna you're not you're gonna let me down again, like don't mm-hmm. give this to me. Mm-hmm if you're, if you're not going to be here to, to do it. And, and, uh, so that helped me guide those goals of like, Oh, what is failure for me is like th- the failure that I couldn't live with was like, uh, letting that kid down and being like, you know what? This podcast idea was stupid, man. I'm with the critic. Like it, it was a waste of time. We should have never done it. Um, and almost like Learning that that was a lie, like, I mean, that's like what the podcast has slowly taught me. It's like, oh, there's no wrong. I mean, it happens before I record always, like, even now, that voice is there. And I like, wait a second, man, we're making a podcast to put people to sleep. (laughs) that's it like we we, like i don't i think you're overthinking it like let's just sit down (laughs) let's calm down Mm -hmm. we got the we got the like today i re-recorded this that episode i lost yesterday Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and i was spinning my wheels and and like we can't possibly re-record it uh, and then i was like we got everything ready let's just have some fun like and it was a character so i was like you know let the character do the work like and it was like oh okay and it ended up I, I was like, "Oh, I think this went better than the original recording."
2: Nice.
1: But yeah, I think like I didn't know how much work the podcast would be and I definitely um had to learn a lot of hard lessons about um what I thought was under my control with podcasting, what is noise that of things that are under out of your control, mm-hmm. like listeners and mo- how many listeners you have. Is kind of under your control, but it's not under your direct control. Or no. if your podcast is going to become a job or be- become something that you just do because you love it, like that's kind of under your control, like not really under your control. Like it's a result of all of these factors, some of which you do and some of which happen. And so uh, I would get caught up in the noise and I would read stuff. Oh, you you, you got to get, your audience should be growing this much. Or, oh, you should have this many listeners. Or, oh, like if you have this many listeners, you'll be making a lot of money or whatever. And then mm-hmm. it would be like, well, I only have uh, 120 listeners. How do I get more? Mm-hmm. Oh, t- tell people about it on Twitter. Oh, that doesn't, <laughs> you know, you learn that doesn't work. Oh, <laughs> right. make more episodes. <laughs> oh, w- well, I, I, I mean, there was different times. I tried making like a daytime podcast for a while. Mm-hmm. And, and to try to stimulate my numbers and and Mm -hmm. like it, not only was it dissonant with the rest of the show, I mean, I didn't have very many listeners, so it didn't, I didn't get a lot of uh, people upset about it, but it was like, at some point again, I was like, how am I going to keep, aren't I making a sleep podcast? This is taking away from this. This is, Mm -hmm. this is actively burning me out. Mm -hmm. Like, okay, let's just stop doing it. And uh, it was actually when I stopped doing that show, my numbers like started to grow a little bit again and then like we had kind of talked about offline i mean last year i had like i had been making the show for 3 episodes a week i mean when i first started the show i wanted to make it 5 episodes a week but i quickly learned mm-hmm. that's that, a lot that that, that was impossible yeah. but i was like oh if i was sleeping to this podcast i would want it 5 times a week right yeah. and so i s- settled on 3 and even that was always too much but then when I started to make these time budgets and 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 I started to slowly, like for my show, I transitioned. I was working a full-time job. Then I was cutting my hours back to three quarters, then cutting back to half-time and eventually transitioning to doing the show full-time. And that's a slow process. But as I was doing that, I was like, um, well, even if you transition out of your show, you're going to work a hundred hours a week for, for how long? Like, is that really realistic? Like if, uh, and yeah, like it's like those hours aren't going to be compensated. Like, uh, so it's like like you might as well work at In and Out Burger if you're going to work for 100 hours a week. You'll make a lot of money. Like, mm-hmm. it's like like just trying to think of like how am I going to keep making the show? I don't know what the next two or three years hold for the show, but it's always like trying to make my decisions with that in mind. Of like, oh, is this decision going to help the show or is it going to help me? and and kind of like trying to do both but but uh yeah be like okay and so i cut back my show last year to two episodes and i was just crushed like i felt like such a failure i felt like the audience was going to abandon me i was like you made this deal you were giving them three episodes a week. Mm-hmm. Um, you're gonna cut to two episodes a week. You're gonna lose your audience. like you're just doing it because you're weak. like you because you're lazy, like because you because you couldn't figure stuff out like to make you can't make the show work. That's why you have to cut back. And really, it was just like the, again, the voices we're talking about. and I mean, now looking back, it was the best decision I ever could have made. Like the listeners accepted the change because it was what was best for the podcast. Nice. I'm supposed to be setting an example of good self care. Uh, like, yeah. so Um, in, I think like it enabled the show to have the episodes have more breathing room. So it's like, I- I'm able to like stay fresh. Like we talked about, like, yes. like and, and enjoy the show. And it's not about my ego. I mean, I think like when you people talk about ego, sometimes it kind of gets like, a glory ego of fame and stuff, but there's like this, I have a big negative ego and it's like, I just want to keep doing this because I think it's safe of these three episodes. And, and this is like the, the dark side of my stubbornness instead of seeing Mm -hmm. the big picture and being like, well, this show's still an experiment. Let's see what happens at two episodes a week. And, and also now when I look back, I'm like, how the hell wait, I mean, like I'm having conversations. I'm like, you made. I was like, you used to make this podcast and work full time. <laughs> uh-huh. Like, I'm like, what the hell? Who the hell is that guy? Yeah. Like,
2: I, I have no idea. Like, like, I'm like, how did you do that? Yeah, yeah, for sure. I, I assume when you started, you were um, doing the editing and production of it alongside the uh, actual recording. Obviously, is is you? Yes, yes, yeah. And is it still that way? No. So, like.
1: Uh, I don't know what year it was now, I lose track, but um, at some point with this burnout and the stubbornness and keeping the show going, I think it was at year two, I was like, okay, how am I going to make the show for another year? Mm -hmm. And I started to look at the time and I was like, I just can't keep doing all the work myself. Mm -hmm. And so I found uh, someone, uh, Chris Postal, he did the... um, theme show was the theme theme song for our show. Mm. And he had a podcast and I'd listened to it and I thought it was really well done. And I was like, geez, would you like, do you edit other podcasts? Would that be something? And we, we talked about like, how much would that would be? And then I literally started my Patreon ah, nice. with the goal of like, can I, can I bring in enough money to pay him to do one episode a week? Can the, my next goal be to pay him for two episodes a week? Can I get to paying him mm-hmm. three episodes a week? Um, and that'll keep the show going and then after that I was like okay uh and my critics did now like that it's like you wait you're going to bring money into the podcast <laughs> to pay someone else like we're, we're getting <laughs> screwed man but it's like
0: well we're,
1: we're, we're keeping the show going like that's the real goal and then yeah. i mean then from there I was like okay can I build a budget to pay myself for a couple hours a week and then for a couple more hours a week and and and, and then bring i ended up three episodes a week was actually too much for one person. So that it was like, Oh, I found another editor to kind of do it. And then it was like, it's just helped me a lot. Cause it's like trying to keep the sound of the show and with different people working on it, uh, has really helped me grow and, and develop skills. I, again, I could have just gotten out of like, uh, I could have avoided,
0: uh, having to, having to learn these things <laughs> and be a grown up. Uh, no, nobody wants that. Right. Exactly. <laughs> it's, it's completely overrated. Um, Obviously, yeah, you, you've been, you've been going, uh, going for this time. You've now got the Patreon, um, and, uh, you know, you, you have, ad revenue and you have a, a lovely sort of loyal listenership. Uh, well, there's a lot of alliteration. When did you, and I, I know this might not have been, um, a sudden like bump or, or, or a, you know, a whatever blinding flash on the road to Damascus, but when did you start to feel the tide sort of shifting? Like, oh, wow, this is, this is counting on like pe- people are people are digging this like it's 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 starting to get traction.
1: You know, I, like I guess you could say I've been lucky or like it, or this is like something that feels like as a podcaster, like a lot of people don't believe. But my show like it's literally just kind of slowly and steadily grew mm-hmm. like where there there hasn't been any big bumps and, and and uh, I mean, it's just been a nice, slow, s- slow, steady growth. I mean, it, it peters out in the summertime. But other than that, the show just kind of steadily, slowly grows. Hmm. And um, so, so it's allowed me to kind of grow with the show. Mm. Like, I think if my show had been successful in the first... Like, when we say successful, that's garbage anyway. But like, <laughs> like, where it's like, oh, you should just quit your job and work on the show. If that had happened in a year or even two years... I, I honestly, the show wouldn't have lasted like, um, like I didn't have the internal skills to deal with some of that stuff. Mm. And so I've really been lucky that it's enabled me to grow. It's enabled me to learn how to interact with listeners that are strangers and, and, and get outside of my kind of comfort zone and then deal with negative feedback or deal with like, yeah, what is, what is podcast advertising or what, you know, how do you decide that? Or how do you make a Patreon? And, and so, yeah, it's like, for me, it's just been this thing where it's like, Oh, could it, Oh, if the show keeps growing for enough, if it grows like this for another year, maybe it could. And then it's like, oh, okay. So it really enabled me to kind of make these slow transitions where I was like, the show wasn't in a place for me to go full time, but I was like, Oh wait, I, I, if another four minutes or four, four months, like, if I buy some vacation at my job and, and that I, I could actually go part time. And then it was like, Oh wait, I'm out of it. Then after a while I ran out of vacation cause mm-hmm. doing podcast stuff. And uh, I was like, okay, wait, uh, can I, can I make like, how much is insurance and, and, and all that stuff. So
2: mm-hmm. it,
1: it has like, when people talk about the slow journey, of podcasting. And I mean, in some sense, I'm really lucky because it has only been like five or five and a half years or something. Like, um, it, it, it has been like that there wasn't this big turning point. It was really always those small turning points of like, oh man, this, this isn't turning. Or I mean, for me, I did want it to be, well, why isn't it? You're supposed to have this many listeners and you're, you're supposed to be making... Um, this much money. I remember. I never share my numbers anymore. I mean, part of it is because I feel like it would deflate me at the different stages I was at. But I also shared my numbers with a couple people one time at a podcasting thing, and they were like telling me how much money my podcast should be making, and it was literally making like one mm. twentieth that amount of money. Like, and, and I was like, yeah. like, and they were like, you must like they they weren't even trying to be mean, but they're like, well, you how come you're not ma- that's how much you make with ads, and I'm like. Not not my show.
0: <laughs> so how would you make with ads, yeah, And I'm
1: like, not my show. Like, I'm like, yeah. yeah. And I remember kind of just feeling like, not embarrassed, but I was like, either I'm, I actually just let me know like, okay, they're just buying into that kind of general internet discussion noise. And I was like, mm-hmm. because it's just not the case. And I mean, for shows that are an instant success. I think that's always awesome or for people's shows that the ad, like they just have really high ad revenue or they instantly have like I mean I'm sure there's a story behind that, but it's like sometimes there are exceptions to the rule and I think that is great for the people that are the exception to the rule, but it's really hard to count on that like or or plan on it. Yeah. It's easy to accept, expect it and to kind of hope and dream that happens, but if you if, if you let it be a nice surprise instead of planning on it, then I'm sure for those people, it's like, oh, awesome. My podcast is uh, uh, like a huge success instead of being like, damn, my podcast is not a huge
0: success. I, I feel you, like you you strike me as a, a, a sort of a good model to look at for someone who pays, like you, you, you're paying attention to the work because I think it can be easy for someone to, uh, you know, Get get to doing so many episodes, and they, you know, they maybe they've got fifty or a hundred downloads or whatever, um, and but it, it feels like with thinking about milestones and thinking about the actual craft uh, of of the work that you're doing and putting the time into it and knowing why you're doing that, that would like it, it's not really a surprise that it got to where it's got to you know there there are very few podcasts that are made in this way that are sort of grassroots independent things that will shoot to the top of any kind of charts and so that you know that it's not surprising in that way but like it, it seems like you've got that you've you've really earned that growth and really earned your position because you've spent all that time being mindful of the thing that you're making and I think not everyone is always, you know, not everyone. It always is mindful of, of that, and and I I certainly have lost sight of stuff I've done. You know, I got very close to having a sizable audience for a thing, and I screwed it up. Um, and it was because I didn't have my eye on the right on the right ball. And it seems like, you know, maybe from hindsight, you can look back and go, yeah, I did make good decisions. But um, it sounds like you, throughout this process, you have continued to make um, sort of solid decisions that have helped. The show grow into something that can sustain you. That's not a question. <laughs> I mean, I think like <laughs> I'm aware that's not. A
1: I think like I, I thank you, and I agree with you. It, it's like I think it's like a combination of the decisions and the and the mistakes, like in like mm. always going back to like that idea that those are the people that are listening. Like I mean, I mean, I don't think all shows are necessarily can go through that filter, but it's like you don't want to be too close to your show where you're so emotionally and your esteem is so associated with it that you can't handle those swings, yeah. but you want to be close enough that it hurts like, mm-hmm. um, and that you can empathize with the listener. And I think those are just like, and sometimes you're going to do it wrong and you're not going to be, I mean, for me, it's like, okay, I got to spend today in bed. Like, mm-hmm. I'm not going to be able to get out of bed today. I just feel like too, too low or something. But then there's other days your listeners are going to lift you up. And um, remembering people are listening... Remembering that kind of the show can be fun, or it's like, why, why, why are we making this? And also that it's okay to quit. Like, I think, or change the show. Like, my show literally grew out of other failures. They weren't podcasting failures, but they were failures to follow through, working on stuff that wasn't working. And like, I, I, I think in some sense, I mean, this is tropey, but it's like, I had to make those things or do those things in order like for for there to be like the fertile soil or whatever for the podcast to grow out of um and yeah i think like I don't know I mean it, it, no one ever believes it when I'm like, yeah, I had ten listeners i had I remember when my show crossed over to ten listeners, like ten downloads per episode like and, and I remember how long that took, and I remember watching those stats like th- oh, 30 people like uh and, and I think it was incredible yeah it, and it and I think it should and so it's like mm-hmm. well wow, thirty people mm-hmm. like and I think sometimes that gets um drowned out with the noise too yeah
0: there's a um I, i've heard uh the podcaster justin robert young describe any he, i he may have stolen it from someone else but if you imagine that you've got 50 people in a room that are all listening to you like that's 50 mm-hmm. people that are all in it like if you actually think about the numbers that you get and the likelihood of being able to get 50 or 100 150 people in a room listening to what you've got to say mm-hmm. that came there just to listen to what you've got to say that's that's great. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, I mean, I, I guess like I've gone to performances, live performances. This is what I always tell people at podcast meetups. I'm like, if you're feeling bad about your podcast and you have 50 listeners, go to a, some community theater or go to an improv show. <laughs> yes. And watch oh, yeah. like, but but if you just watch those people that are like so especially the people that are really into it and they're pouring their heart. It's, it's souls out for free. And sometimes there's, I, I've gone to performances where there's been more people in the performance than the audience.
2: Uh-huh.
0: And it's like, I do performances where there are more people on stage than in the audience. I do them almost weekly. Right. And, and it's like, <laughs> I'm part of an improv group.
1: <laughs> and that's like a, such an important thing to remember when you're yes. making the show. Like, it's like, they're still performing. Yeah. Like they're still giving it their all. Like, and, and I mean, I don't mean to turn this negative, but it, I mean, I turn negative on myself. It's like, who? then I always, I'm like, who are you to complain? Like to myself, I'm like, like if I go to a, a, a yeah, one of those shows and I see these people, it just changes my, my, my focus. Cause it's like, yeah, who am I to complain? Like, wh- wh- like, look at them. They're working their asses off up there. And, uh and, and the, you know, they're not, their expectation is that they get to sh- to do this and to express this or to sing or whatever it is. absolutely.
2: And and to that point with, uh, with Mark's non-question yeah. uh, congratulations on winning the best health podcast in the iHeartRadio radio podcast awards.
1: Thank you. I, I mean, I think like if anyone that listens to the podcast is listening, like it was literally like listener enthusiasm. And I feel like uh, it's again, just like a reminder of exactly this thing we're saying, like that uh, these listeners were so enthusiastic about the show that they went through all these like whatever layers of having to vote like, uh, online. So I really appreciate, um, uh, that the listeners like that, that went out of their way and took time out of their day to support the show. Like, I hope that one day I haven't got the award yet. So like if I ever, would I get my hands on the reward, I'll be happy to kind of share with those people. Cause it's like, yeah. And it's the same thing. It's like, you're taking the time out of day to vote for my podcast. Uh, thank you.
0: Um well sleepwithmepodcast.com is obviously uh where people can can hear that. Um where else uh would you wanna direct people's um earballs or eyeballs?
1: Uh I mean I think uh I, I'm on Twitter at uh at Dearest Scooter and uh Instagram. I, I like those are, if you wanna get a hold of me, like Twitter's usually the easiest uh uh but yeah, check out the show. I also am working this is an experiment I'll share with you guys, like I have a new. Uh, if you check out the show and you vehemently dislike it, <laughs> I'm I'm putting up a new page on my website, sleepwithmepodcast. dot slash no. Thank you. So that that'll give you resources, like uh, like for, for if you hate the podcast, like because I, 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 I've like that's amazing. I always get, so, I get I get so much interesting people like it just hits some people's brain the wrong way. And they're like, I loathe you mm-hmm. and your show. It's uh, wow. I'm like, I, I still want to help you fall asleep. So here's an option. Uh, so if you don't like the podcast, <laughs> it's not even in jest. I mean, it, I guess it is a little bit. Yeah. Sleep with me com slash. No, Thank you.
2: Bitrate is produced and presented by Brandon Hutchins and Mark Steadman.
1: Find links and show notes at bitratepod.com and give your thanks to Drew Ackerman. Next up, audience and community with Janice Spinelli. This podcast is produced by Podient. To find out more, visit podientproductions.com.